Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Jabarelli, here with my co-host, or technically original host, Blockchain John. How you doing, John? Hello, hello, hello. I am good. Spazzy as can be. <laughs> yep. All right, well, uh, we got another new show here for you today, uh, coming up on the 399. 399? Yeah, 399, almost a 400. Isn't that amazing in only two years? Absolutely a lot of episodes. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot of great news since it's the middle of the week, being Wednesday. And uh, we got to do the top 10 daily stats to start. So, we're going to let John, because he's so good at it, start us off. I'm going to hit that refresh first. Uh, Oakley Doakley. Okay, refresh on CoinGecko.com. Let's start off with Bitcoin settling at $39,441.62 with a seven-day loss of 4.7% and a market cap of $750 billion. Number two, Ethereum settling at $2,893.83 with a seven-day loss of 6% and a market cap of $349 billion. <clears throat> Other in number three, settling at 99 cents with a slight 0.1% loss in the past seven days with a $83 billion market cap. And number four, we have BNB settling at $390.99 with a seven-day loss of 6.5% and a market cap of $65 billion. Number five, USD coin settling at 99 cents with a no gain, no loss, apparently, and a market cap of $49 billion. Um... Number six, Solana, settling at $99.57 with a seven-day loss of 5.7% and a market cap of $33 billion. Number seven, XRP, settling at $0.65 with a seven-day loss of 13.5% in the past seven days. Did you notice the difference there that XRP used to be in sixth place and now it's in seventh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I noticed that it's... uh, 65 cents and it's down 13.5 percent that's a lot dude that's yep. like for, for being a top 10 look at that it's crazy yep um with a market cap of 31 billion dollars number eight terra settling at nine dollars ninety dollars and 16 cents with a seven day loss of five percent and a market cap of 31 billion dollars so it looks like xrp and terra are really neck neck. close Actually, right now yeah <clears throat> yeah actually i wouldn't even so does that mean that, yeah, technically XRP is going down to 8th then, right? Yeah, pretty soon. I think it'll drop once Terra gets wow. a little bit higher. Finally! I, my, my vision's coming true. <laughs> uh, number 9, Cardano, which is crazy, bro. No, no joke, no joke. I actually know somebody at work that is a an XRP hodler. <laughs> and he's, he's an XRP activist. And I'm like, why? Why? goes well because i bought it early and it's like yeah what was what, so what 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 i don't get it please explain anyways <clears throat> long story short he couldn't explain it he's gotten to it early and that's why he's an activist about it it's like um that doesn't make any sense okay <clears throat> what was that number nine tara yeah it was a number nine yeah oh, number nine. Cardano. Cardano. You, just said, yeah you said cardano my bad <clears throat> cardano at 84 cents and a uh, past seven days down 10% and a market cap of $27 billion. And of course, number 10, we have Polkadot settling at $17 flat with a seven day loss of 10.9% and a market cap of $18 billion. 
All right, then we got the five uh, runner, uh, Jake's five runner up, and we got Avalanche, Dogecoin, Terra USD, Binance USD, and the Shiba Inu. Actually, what you, it's All interesting right. to notice is the market cap for Polkadot, Avalanche, and Dogecoin, as well as Terra USD. Look at their, their market caps and how close they are. Yeah. 18.8, right. 18.7, 18.7, 18.4. 18. 18. Yep. 18. They're all in $18 billion yep. range. Yep. Gives me hope That's for Dynamo. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yep. All right. So uh, let's see. The overall total market cap is at $1.9 trillion, up by 1.7% in the past 24 hours. Bitcoin's dominance currently is at 39.4% and Ethereum at 18.3%. So, um, let's see. Way is way up, too. Okay, four, four times what it was last time we were on the show. It was. I think it was 32 Gway, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it was 32. Up to 110. So, yeah. It's very high. Wow. It's crazy. Yep. CryptoNuts, we are using uh, CoinGecko.com, and we did sign up for their uh, candies. And you guys can, too. You just head on over here, like I'm about to do. And uh, top right corner is a little candy jar. Sign up, collect the little candies every single day. You get more and more and more, and it resets once you hit 100. Uh, Jake and I have been collecting our candies for a while, and what we do is uh, we save them up so we can buy some awesome NFTs because sometimes there's some awesome drops on here, or if you want some products and services that <clears throat> are offered by CoinGecko. Like here, for example, I already own this one, the CoinGecko Candy Collector. You guys can own that too. All right. Um, anything else? Should I just jump over to uh, to the plug? Oh, I yeah. can do that. If you want to do the plug, sure. we've done it in a while. Why not? Yeah, why not? So, uh, Cryptonauts, guess what? We do have a Discord channel for Coin, uh, excuse me, for C3 Media. What you can do is head over to our, uh, I guess, uh, to our Coin Tree below. Check it out. Here's the Coin Tree. And uh, there's a bunch of links. We got uh, the YouTube channel, Discord, Twitter. Uh, we got a Patreon if you guys want to help us out. Uh, kick us back a few dollars to help us, you know, preserve and grow uh, C3 Media. If you want to donate in crypto, there's a wallet here with a bunch of addresses. You guys can help us out. With that said, we do have a bunch of channels within our server and Discord. You guys can come hang out. And let's see. You can see, for example, Jake here has done his daily. What I'll do is copy that over, get some free <laughs> C3 coins. And there it is. 44 days in a row, and you get some C3 coins, like I just did right there. And you get you get some, uh, let's see, let's go to the shop here. Got a bunch of NFTs within the shop. <clears throat> There's a couple of them on there. And, uh, yeah, a bunch of games. Get to hang out, get chat, news. If you want a job, actually, that's that, there you go. Yeah, it's Crypto Careers. If you're looking for some... A job in crypto, there it is. Bunch of jobs on there. Bunch of channels. You like Ravencoin, Dynamo, Dara, Hacker Dojo. Yeah, cool. All right, then back to you, Jake. Yeah, it's uh, sorry, I'm trying to really have that stuff open because I have other stuff on that screen. Uh, I should probably in the future pull that up so we can describe our Discord channel so you guys can see it more easily. Sorry, so I mean, yes, the live streamers are watching this, but anybody in the recording isn't going to see it. Yeah, yeah. By the way, so for you guys that are watching on uh, on YouTube or listening on the podcast, I am live streaming on Twitch. Head over to uh, I guess uh, what is it, twitch.tv slash uh, blockchain John. I think that's what it is. Yeah, blockchain yep. John. All right, we get on to the news. Thanks for that uh, update on the channel and on the podcast. 
We've got a lot of news because it's Wednesday and there's always a lot of news in the middle of the week. And our first news comes from Felix Mullen off of Crypto Potato, which is the site from which we read our news. Um, probably, is it good? We want to announce the change or are we going to wait until it actually happens? Yeah, just wait. All right. You guys will see what we're talking about. Anyways, Riot Blockchain to build a private electricity station for its Bitcoin miners. Right. Enhance the size of this. People just read it on mobile phones. Bitcoin mining is a very energy-intensive activity. I should know this personally. But that won't be a problem for Riot Blockchain, Inc. The U.S. mining company decided to create its own electrical substation in Texas to obtain higher profits. On April 27th, Riot Blockchain, Inc., a Bitcoin mining company founded in 2000. That was a long time ago, before Bitcoin even was. How'd they do that? No. <laughs> Announced its intention to build 1.7... Pardon? Please explain to me how that works. I don't know. I will figure it out. But 1.7 gigawatt electrical substation in Navarro County, Texas, to meet the electricity demands of its mining equipment without compromising the city's power grid. That's a smart idea. To put things in perspective, a station of this capacity could be enough to supply the electricity consumption of more than 2 million residents and mitigate the emissions of 600,000 tons of greenhouse gases per year. Therefore, Riot will have enough energy to power the more than four buildings and they expect to build in the next two years to install their mining farms. Boy, do I know how this works. According to Riot, the project's first phase will be fully operational in July 2023, which is a year and a half, a year and a quarter from now, providing accommodation for various immersion-cooled mining machines. Very smart. The substation pr project is already underway, and the first phase will kick off with an initial in capacity of 400 megawatts. So much power. It will then be increased by an additional 600 megawatts through a switched gear located 1250, 1,250 feet apart from the plant, which is not really that far. Jason Less, a Riot Blockchain's CEO, said that once the expansion is complete, Riot's developed capacity will be 1.7 gigawatts, or 1,700 megawatts, or 1.7 million watts. Uh, sorry, billion watts. The, an achievement that will catapult the company as one of the largest in Bitcoin mining in, industry globally. Riot's ability, this is a quote from him, Riot's ability to source such a significant expansion opportunity in Texas exemplifies the company's partnership-driven approach with all stakeholders, including the company's business partners, ERCOT, which is the local uh, power company, and all levels of government to commit to sustainable economic development, end quote. In turn, Chad Harris, CEO of Windstone, said that this expansion was an example of positive environmental and, and economic impacts that Bitcoin mining companies could deliver in underdeveloped regions of America. The station will have an initial cost of approximately $333 million and will help generate more than 270 direct jobs in Navarro County. As Crypto Potato reported today, the Texas city of Fort Worth became the first U.S. city to mine Bitcoin, which is interesting because that was a piece of news I was going to read later, but I guess we can read it now. Uh, using three S9 ant miners donated by the Texas Blockchain Council. This initiative has the backing of Mayor Matty Parker, who pointed out the energy costs could be mitigated by Bitcoins obtained through mining. She also indicated that future investments of this type 
of activity depend heavily on an in-depth evaluation that will take place within the next six months. So like El Salvador with its Bitcoin law is an interesting experiment that many financial organizations are following. Texas is slowly becoming a guinea pig for Bitcoin mining industry, both American and global. Since apparently Texas is pro-Bitcoin, I personally found you know, that it seems to be a bipartisan issue. You know, both sides hmm. of, of the United States uh, political uh, sphere, they both like money. Yeah. So here's something I want to say. So this this article here, uh, this this sentence here, um, <clears throat> the Texas city of Fort Worth became the first U.S. city to mine Bitcoin using three S9 app miners donated by the Texas Blockchain Council. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so does that mean that technically the Texas government is mining Bitcoin or crypto? Yeah. No, they said they were going to. So yes. Okay. Now. I'm okay with that, but you know, uh, I'm just a little sour in a way because I know that the, a lot of a lot of governments, a lot of uh, local governments, are going to be veering towards that to improve their, um, I guess, their their local uh, monies, mm -hmm. at their pools, their banks, um, their purse. <clears throat> what I'm trying to get at is. I, I found out recently that here in uh, Silicon Valley, some folks in in government, um, I don't know them directly. But I found out that they were using um, government hardware, or just when I say hardware, they're using the um, regular computers to mine Bitcoin or crypto in general. But when there was an audit, apparently they got they got they were discovered and uh, they got fired. They're part of like IT, um, and they got fired. Mm -hmm. What's annoying about that is that all the governments are going to be doing this in the near future. Well, you're firing people because they're doing the same thing that you guys are going to be doing in a few months from now. Maybe, but they don't know that yet. I guess the point is. It was unsanctioned when these other when these IT guys were doing it, and it is sanctioned when with you know they the government knew about it in the case of this Texas situation, whereas in the other situation they didn't know about it. You know, as long as you were going to cut them in on the, on the money, because you think about it, this actually happened in Sacramento not that long ago. Um, a fr friend of mine works in in a department in in California State's government, and some of the IT guys in his department were also mining using the uh, government's dime as it were mm. um, and uh, yeah that's uh, I, I can see the, the, the attraction you know, the interest like oh hey look, look all this free free power it's not free power it's not yours to use you use it because you use it for work if what you're doing at work is for work purposes yeah sure they'll let you do it but you need to get it run up past your, your managers and your supervisors and the people the higher ups so they know what you're doing and if they approve it Go right ahead. But if they don't approve it, it's illegal or it's against the policy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see your point. I see your point. So, yeah, if you were mining Bitcoin on your desktop, this is the same. All right, I was an IT guy a long time ago, just as another aside here. And I used to get guys keeping, you know, MP3s before streaming was a thing on their desktops. And I would tell mm -hmm. them, hey, um, I don't care if you connect an external hard drive to your computer and stream off of that to listen to music at your desk. But please don't store it on the computer because you don't own this. It's not yours to yeah. do that with. And they're like, well, it's my computer. I'm like, yes, 
while you're working here, it's your computer, but you don't own it. So you can't technically just put whatever you want on it. And mainly because I can see it. And you know, <clears> if you run out of storage space on your computer because it's full of MP3s, and then you come to me, I'm going to say delete the MP3s. Sense. So yeah. I just want to finish off what uh, here on the, on the riot, um, I guess, stock information. So uh, riot is on, on NASDAQ. The ticker's R-I-O-T. It's currently priced at this moment at $10.98. So if you want to get into it, there I it is. would say get into it. The market's down right now, so probably not a bad idea. And yes, it's yeah. financial advice, but no, there's nothing against doing it. So, as we've, as we've said before in the show. Now, continuing on with U.S. congressmen could face charges. Ooh. Mandy Williams, U.S. Con writes, uh, U.S. congressman could face charges for promoting a crypto pump and dump scheme. Bum, bum, bum. Addison Cawthorn, a Republican congressman of North Carolina, has been accused of his involvement in a pump-and-dump crypto scheme dubbed Let's Go Brandon. Uh, ticker, Let's Go. According to a recent report by the Washington Examiner, several several regulatory watchdogs have implicated Cawthorn in an alleged insider trading scheme involving the relatively short-lived crypto project. Let's go, Brandon is a meme coin named after the chant mocking President Joe Biden. Head fund manager James Kutulas uh, pioneered the project. On December 29th, 2021, Cawthorn posted on Instagram, LGB Legends, tomorrow we go to the moon. He also admitted that he has a portion of the cryptocurrency in his portfolio. Interestingly, on December 30th, NASCAR dri driver Brandon Brown revealed that the crypto project will be the primary sponsor of his 2022 season. The news created a massive buzz, and as a result, the Let's Go token soared 75% and even attained a market cap of $570 million. In a sudden turn of events, NASCAR rejected the project's sponsorship deal with Brown in January 2022, Unidentified insiders who had purchased a substantial amount of the coins in circulation quickly dumped all of them. This caused the meme coin to plummet to zero. Oof. Yep. And investors yep. And and investors were left scratching their heads and losses. One disgruntled investors recent, uh, recently filed a class action lawsuit accusing Tulas and others, let's go Brandon insiders, of using the token to stage a pump and dump scheme. While Cawthorn was not directly named as a defendant in the lawsuit, he was identified as one of the project's endorsers and had helped inflate its price just before the rug, rug, rug was pulled. The watchdog cited in the report pointed out, pointed out that Cawthorn probably had an advanced non-public knowledge of Let's Go's deal with Brown, hence his post and statement. They suggest that Cawthorn be investigated by the U.S. Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission to deduct whether his whether he violated federal federal insider trading laws. Speaking on the case, Dylan uh, Hedter got it. The government's affair manager for one of the federal watchdogs said, "Quote: This looks really, really bad. Hmm. This doesn't look like a classic case of you got some insider information and acted on that information, and that's illegal." Yeah. All right, we'll leave it at that. There's, there's a lot more. Actually, that's one more. Uh, yeah, a couple one, more sentences. Couple more I guess sentences, I'll finish. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Why is it, that's weird? Mine's like really long. I guess there's. Okay, whatever. Uh, after its catastrophic, catastrophic failure in January, the project was relaunched on uh, a month later with Kutilas claiming that it now has safeguards to prevent whales from selling their stash at once. The project, however, has failed to take off 
and is trading around 95% below its peak during the first launch. Cawthorn, on the, on the other hand, continues to promote the Let's Go Brandon token in campaigns. Yeah, this, I hate to put it this way. I mean, actually, no, I don't hate to put it this way, but to, to be fair to Madison, who doesn't make a lot of wise decisions, um, he, he's just the poster boy for doing everything wrong, despite being a congressperson. Um, it seems like pain and suffering follows him everywhere he goes, and it's not just because he's in a wheelchair. But, um, yeah, he just he makes a lot of dumb decisions, and... I hate to say this about people who are in their mid-20s because he's 26, but maybe there's a reason why they say he couldn't be a, a congressperson until 25, but I still think 25, when they made the rule 160 years ago, was very different than it is today. Yeah. I mean, people that long ago were considered adults when they were 13. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, when they were 13, they also used to smoke... A pack a day and have uh, facial facial hair like beards. Like, yeah, like but uh, and also they tended to get married around that time. So, right, yeah. <laughs> childhood was very different uh, 100 plus years ago, 150 years ago than it is today. So, you're still kind of a kind of a kid, even though you've reached 18 or 19 or 21. You're still kind of a kid. I hate to say it. it wasn't until I reached 30 when I really started not feeling like a kid anymore. So. All right, let's get some El Salvador news. Woohoo! Yes. El Salvador from uh, Dima Tarzanzaraf, who writes most of the really good articles, in my opinion, on this site. I, I, I um, agree with you. El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption is yet to capture the local interest. That's kind of strange. This is a study. According to the American nonprofit organization, National Bureau of Economic Research, or INBER, that sounds bad. Something's like burning. INBER, right? Uh, the majority of El Salvadorians. 60%, that is, have not downloaded the Chiva wallet. What are they missing out on? A feature that facilitates Bitcoin transactions. It's basically a lightning wallet for, for El Salvadorians. Uh, additionally, 60%. there... 60%? Yeah, I know. It's a lot, isn't it? Uh, at least 40... It, it just means that 40% have, which means it's the number of people in El Salvador who've percentage-wise downloaded the, the, the coin wallet is way more than it is in the United States. <laughs> I mean, we don't have access to the Chiva wallet here, but I mean, ours is 10%, theirs is 40%. That's still pretty good. Additionally, there have been almost no downloaded since September of 2021, when the country first became the nation's the nation to adopt the asset that was legal tender. Last year, the Central American state nation made the headlines when it became the first to embrace the Bitcoin as an official payment method inside its borders. Despite the enthusiasm surrounding the news, the initiative did not receive a warm welcome from the El Salvadorans. Some even took to the streets protesting against the government's decision. I guess. I guess, you know, because they used the U.S. dollar as their primary currency before. The recent study conducted by Inver revealed that most locals remain rather negative towards the Bitcoin adoption. The research stated 68% of the country's residents were aware uh, are aware of the existence of Chiva Wallet, but only 40% have downloaded it. Still, not a lot, not not bad percentages. Moreover, almost all downloads occurred in September last year, shortly after El Salvador officially recognized the cryptocurrency's local center. The Ember further estimated that 75% of respondents with Chiva Wallet accounts would not have downloaded it without the <laughs> $30 worth of Bitcoin, which every citizen receives when signing up. Yeah, this is a pretty good incentive. Yeah. 
I think most people would, yeah. in the U.S. would have done it for less. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Subsequently, in, all right, here's a, let me just quote real quick. While most rest, uh, respondents spent their $30 bonus, less than half of those who downloaded the Chiva wallet continued to use it after spending the bonus. 20% of all respondents, furthermore, most uh, users who used Chivo after spending the $30 bonus do not engage with the app intensively, the organization claimed. It's interesting they have this insight to it. Subsequently, the Ember argued that uh, adopting Bitcoin as legal term, tender, 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 yeah, like the tender app, right? No, might have been, have had some positive impact on El Salvador, but the digital asset remains largely not embraced by the locals. Also, another quote, Overall, despite the legal tender status of Bitcoin and the large incentives implemented by the government, the cryptocurrency is largely not accepted medium of exchange in El Salvador, end quote. Even though a huge chunk of the locals has not embraced the asset, it is worth mentioning that Bitcoin has provided certain benefits to the nation. For one, shortly after the decision to accept it as legal tender, the global Google searches for the name of the central American country surged to an high. Like nobody cared about El Salvador until we started talking about it, right? We started talking about right. it, and suddenly yep. everyone's just like, "Oh my gosh, I have to look up El Salvador. I have to go there." Mm -hmm. Apart from mm -hmm. showing mm -hmm. virtual interest in the nation, people started visiting it more. Exactly. This, I mean, I'm sure Naive figured that out. Um, earlier this year, El Salvador's Minister of Tourism, Morena Valdez, noted that the inflow of tourists had increased by more than 30 percent since adoption of Bitcoin. Brilliant, brilliant which strategy. Is, which is which is what they needed. They really needed yes. that. And, yes. Yes. you know, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we so actually, is it, is it I put up wallet? the, did you put it, did you watch the video I posted of the guy that was down there in, in El Salvador? Oh, no, no, Bali? I haven't watched that okay. yet. No. no. You were going to say, what about it? What about the Chiva wallet? Um, I, 40, well, I take that back. At the beginning of, of this article, I was like, only 40%? Actually, you're right. 40% is actually a pretty good chunk. Yeah. Well, for maybe... a nation. They did know. point out, though, that most people just downloaded it for the money, spent the money, and then stopped using it, <laughs> which mm, yeah. I would expect well, if we did that in the United States, it's too. It's typical. So. But that's, can yeah, you imagine? Typical. Let me just paint a picture for that, that I think would be amazing, and I think Andrew, Andrew Yang would get behind it 100% since he's into Bitcoin and he's into UBI. Let's Ex say— explain, who's, explain who Andrew Yang is. Andrew Yang is one of the previous—he's um, a New York resident. He's a—, a I don't know if he's a billionaire, he's a multimillionaire at least, um, mm -hmm. who ran for president against Trump. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't know if he, did he rerun in, in the Biden? Uh, I think, yeah, I think he ran both times, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I remember him talking to Biden on the, when they were doing the debate. So he ran in 2016, he ran again in 2020, he didn't, obviously didn't win. But um, his whole thing is universal basic income. He runs on that platform. That's his thing. He, he believes wholeheartedly in the idea. And I'm not saying I'm 100% behind it, but I do think it would affect people. And this is my, my crazy pitch idea. It's just relative to what we're talking about here with El Salvador is how much people do you think would get behind Bitcoin if they paid yeah. a UBI, a monthly UBI, to the entire citizenship of the United States in Bitcoin? A universal basic income. So yes. for, for the listeners and viewers out there, live or watching us after the recording um leave a comment below let us know if you would download a um what's what's what, what would our app be the, uh -huh. um, some kind of lightning app i guess the 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 eagle app how about uh -huh. that there you the go chivo, the chivo, <laughs> chivo chivo in spanish is goat so oh, they is got it? the goat app we yeah got, but that means greatest right? of all time right 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. sure, sure, sure. So we, we got we got the Eagle app. Would you download the e Eagle app and have a universal bank basic income like of a hundred dollars uh, every single month deposited into your account? I was thinking if you wanted something relative to go to, it had to be a horse because horses are very recognizable in the United States. Um, but yeah, Eagle app. That's fine. The Eagle Lightning app. Would you download it if you could get right. universal basic income from the United States, and that was the only way you could get it? Would you? You, you probably everybody would do it, but. Um, how excited would you be about doing it? I guess what I'm saying. Would you be like, uh, I don't know if I want $1,000 a month in Bitcoin if it has to come in the form of Bitcoin. Eh, I don't know. Why <laughs> would you... Okay, if you don't want it, just just, just send it to me, please. Yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah, you don't want your $1,000? I'll take it. But I mean, remember, it's $1,000 a month in Bitcoin, which it's, it's going to fluctuate, absolutely. But I mean, the nice thing about a Lightning-based app is it's going to instantly transfer. You don't have to wait an hour like Bitcoin. Lightning is... Mm. Bam, 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 fast. That's why it's called lightning. So, stop it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Next, we got what, Cuba? Yeah, the Cuba Central Bank. This is written by Shayanika uh, Deca, uh, Cuban Central Bank to issue licenses to virtual asset service providers. The Cuban Central Bank, the Banco Central de Cuba, is all set to issue licenses for the cryptocurrency and other virtual asset service providers, VASP. The Gazette... The Gazette revealed that they will be for one year uh, with the option to be extended for one more year. Uh, as per the resolution published in official Gazette number 43, BCC will grant licenses to the national of the uh, of foreign individuals being... Uh, what? Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, as per the resolution published in the official Gazette number 43, BCC will grant licenses to national and foreign in, uh, individual human beings and organizations. With the new system in place, BCC stated that the approved licenses will be valid for one year. However, an extension is possible for a second year, citing the experimental and novel nature of the space. No details have been further divulged regarding licenses and expirations after two years. The Central Bank of the Caribbean, Caribbean, sorry, Caribbean, also said it will examine the legal legality, opportunity, as well as socioeconomic interest the characteristics of the project when considering the license request. It will also evaluate the responsibility of the applicants and their experience in the activity. The current resolution specified in the organizations operating without a license will face penalties in accordance with the existing banking and financial rules in the country. Additionally, VASP will not be allowed to terminate these services without authorizations from the BCC. Under the re resolution, BCC clarifies that fiat currencies in digital representations, securities, and other uh, assets, part of the tra uh, traditional banking and financial systems, shall not fall under uh, under the virtual asset category. The decision will be uh, will be effective 20 days after its publication, i.e., May 16th. The latest development comes precisely eight months after the Cuban president Miguel Diaz Canel was reportedly was reported to be looking into recognizing and regulating cryptocurrencies to be used for payments. Despite taking a controlled approach towards the digital asset space, the government of the island nation is keen on exploring such operations as its economy continues to struggle to recover following the pandemic and harsher sanctions imposed by the administrations of former President Donald Trump. Yeah, All good right. to see that um, Banco Central de Cuba is participating in uh, asset service providers, virtual asset service providers. More ways of getting crypto things done in the country. And I, 
in, in looking at, I, I guess, now that I'm spending more time personally looking at these countries through our news, you know, readings. Uh, you know, what, what, what Cuba needs is, first of all, they need to really modernize their nation. <laughs> Put 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 more put. They, people need internet. People need services. People need computers in mm -hmm. uh, in, in uh, Cuba. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be nice yeah. to be able to import cars that were newer than 1960. But the please, uh, yeah. But yes, yeah, they would. They would. It's it partially had to do with the government for so long, just not letting them to do pretty much anything. And of course, the sanctions put on to Cuba by the U.S. It just doesn't allow anything to get out there. It's not like they could have traded with other countries around nearby, but they just didn't. I mean, for whatever reason, they acted a lot like North Korea. And it just did not benefit the poor citizens. Why do we have so many Cubans in, you know, the the left side or the right side of the United States? Because they, when they could, they tried to escape the horrific, uh, um, you know, what? That's not the word I'm trying to think of. Uh, restrictions that their own country put on them. So... Mm -hmm. It's terrible. I'm I'm so sorry for Cuba's problems, and it's not like we did we helped. We didn't help. <laughs> that is the United States, the government of the United States. I'm not saying I personally had anything to do with that, but we're, some of our I, the the U.S. government is no darling. I'll put it that way. Continuing on, Brazil, another Latino country. Well, South American. Um, another American country. Yep. From Dimitar Zamzaraf again, Brazil's Senate greenlights the crypto the country's crypto regulatory bill. Let's talk about that now with this article. The upper house of the National Congress of Brazil, the Federal Senate, reportedly reproved, not reproved, but approved, the bill that could serve as a regulatory framework for the local cryptocurrency industry. The legislation needs to receive a green light from the Chamber of Deputies before going live. The largest nation in South America is gradually moving towards establishing rules on its digital asset ecosystem. A local report reads that the Senate has passed a bill to set up a comprehensive regulatory framework on dealings with Bitcoin and altcoins. Does that mean they're going to adopt Bitcoin? The Senate proposal defined a virtual asset as the digital representation of value that can be traded or transferred electronically, including making payments and investments. Good, I'm glad they were clean about that. According to the bill, local cryptocurrency providers should only be able to operate in Brazil and will have to obtain a license from the federal public administration body or entity. That's interesting. So hopefully it's not expensive. In turn, the government is yet to decide whether additional amendments should be made to the bill. Brazil's lawmark lawmakers, lawmakers will also define which federal organization will serve as a top financial watchdog to oversee the cryptocurrency provider. The proposal now needs the approval of the deputies. Earlier this year, the U.S.-based cryptocurrency platform Gemini interviewed approximately 30,000 people across 20 countries to find out which nations are the most inclined toward digital assets. Per the result, Brazil and Indonesia shared the first place as 41% of the survey from both states admitted being hodlers. Those who swap fiat currencies for Bitcoin or altcoins said their driving motive to do it is because they believe in crypto's long-term investment potential. Hey, that sounds like me, except I'm not Brazilian or Indonesian. Another top reason for purchasing digital assets as a hedge against the surging inflation. Brazil's current inflation rate is over 10%. Hey, that sounds like the U.S. That's so familiar, sadly. 
as petrol price prices, for example, have soared by nearly 50% ouch, since 2021. It's also worth mentioning that nearly half of all questioned crypto holders in the Latin American region, where Brazil is located, oh, like we didn't know that? Okay. <laughs> Entered the market for the first time last year. So yeah, I, I feel, I totally, I've, I've, I've had several friends that still live in Brazil who are from Brazil and um, they're, they're, what they've told me about living in Brazil, obviously it's a beautiful place, particularly like Rio, um, but it's uh, <laughs> a combination third world, first world kind of place that's like even in the city you run across this where you're, you know, you've got, you know, people living in absolute squalor in the city um, mm -hmm. not necessarily like in San Francisco where we got people living, living on the streets, which is almost the same. You know what this, but you know what that reminds me of what you just said. So, you know how I went on vacation. I went to Mexico for right. two weeks and exactly what you said. There's a lot, a lot of locals. So where I went, I went to a bunch of, uh, larger cities that are, right. that are like uh, tourist beachside yep. cities. Yep. And a lot of those places have really modernized, um, for tourist purposes, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hotels, a lot of new businesses moving in. Yep. But, you know, driving around, you don't really see it. But walking around, which we did a lot of walking, you'll find these uh, these back alleys. And yep. but yeah, guys. those folks out there are literally living under a piece of sheet metal. Yep. It's, like, it's wow, corrugated, you know, the crazy. shanties. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. is what you'll see a lot in in the big cities. Like even in the nicer areas of the big cities, you'll still see the shanties and the, and the bodegas. Not that bodegas are bad, but... Um, you know, just local guys, local people selling what they can just to scrape a living. Um, mm -hmm. And the problem with that is it's like, oh, it's, somebody said this to my wife recently about why, well, yeah, it was an Indian person, and why they came to in, uh, from India to the United States to get India, to get American citizenship. Why would they want this? Knowing all the, the terrible things that are happening in the United States, you know, the first thing they said was the first top reason for coming here infrastructure india has infrastructure in the big cities but it's still not even as good as the united states in the not best cities like our podunk middle of nowhere backwater towns have better infrastructure than some cities in india and this is also true in rio de janeiro so even though rio de janeiro is a major first world city the whole city does not have full infrastructure like we do in almost every city in the United States. So if that's any one thing, other than the fact that the opportunities here, albeit still scattered, are still greater and better in general than that of the city of origin of that individual, but even my friends who live in Brazil say that's the same kind of thing. You might think you have opportunities, and I'm not saying there aren't any, but the reason, per this article, that so many people are interested in Bitcoin, not the primary, but one of the top reasons is stability. Bitcoin is more stable, even though compared to the U.S. dollar, it isn't, than the Brazilian. Um, what's the Brazilian fiat? Well, let's just call it a Brazilian fiat. I can't remember what it's called. Peso. Um, so, yeah, it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible that, that they have such a problem. But um, there's a reason why they prefer it. So <laughs> Americans don't really see it unless they, they walk the back streets of, of Rio. You're not going to see that kind of stuff. You know, you go to the you go to the, the, the Tower of the Christ. What's it called? The the I, statue. I know what you're talking about. I don't know. You go yeah. to the statue, 
you might see a little bit of it, but you're really not going to see much. You're just going to take a tour bus to get up there. So you're not really going to see that kind of stuff unless you actually walk the back streets, um, back alleys of, um, of Rio. So. All right. It's official. Central African Republic makes Bitcoin legal tender. Uh, this is written by Andrew Andrew Thorvald. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, there it is. Okay, I found it. Yep. Grab it. Where'd it the go? Central African Republic has officially become the world's second country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender, announced the president's office on Wednesday. As with El Salvador, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, has heavily criticized the decision. The news was confirmed by French agency AFP following uncertain rumors about legal tender adoption from the standout Forbes reported on Saturday. The initial report suggested that crypto adoption would help spur the nation's economic recovery and peace building initiatives. However, there was uncertainty around whether the legislation in question, which the National Assembly passed unanimously, was a legal tender bill, or if it simply provided a legal framework for cryptocurrencies. Yet, Wednesday's report makes clear that Bitcoin will be made legal tender in the CAR alongside the CFA franc. Meanwhile, uh, other cryptocurrencies have become legalized for use. According to Chief of Staff Oben, Obed, Obed Namcio, President Faustin uh, Archains Tawadera uh, has now signed the legislation into law. Quote, this move places the Central African Republic on the map of the world's boldest and most visionary countries, Namcio declared. El Salvador was the first nation to pass Bitcoin as legal tender in June of 2021. The nation's president, uh, Naib Bukele, predicted earlier this year that two more countries would follow suit in 2022. Bukele is known to frequently snuff the IMF whenever, whenever it has a bad word to say about his decisions to adopt Bitcoin. Today, the same inst institution came after the CAR. It reportedly warned of large risk associated with the use of Bitcoin on financial stability, financial integrity, and consumer protection, alongside problems with Bitcoin-backed bonds. The nation's existing currency is not currently recognized by the IMF. This makes international trade with the CAR and a dozen other African countries exceedingly difficult and heavily dependent on France. While discussing the bill, Digital Economy Minister Justin Gorna Zako stated that stated last Thursday that cryptocurrencies could help the people bypass central bank difficulty and control involved with transfers under the current system. At Bitcoin 2022, UFC heavyweight champion Francis Na Na Naganu claimed that Bitcoin could be a financial solution for the majority of Africans that cannot afford a bank account. Cheap international transfers are also part of what made Bitcoin attractive in El Salvador, where remittance fees can reportedly exceed 30% through traditional methods. For this reason, an MP from Tonga, the world's most remittance-dependent country, is also striving to make Bitcoin a currency in the region. Well, I'm excited well, about Tonga doing it. Woo, I have to just applaud. Here we go. This is, this is history right here. History in the making. Once again, this is all according to the plan of the World Economic Forum. More nations are going to continue to adopt it. But 
I appreciate the way they're doing it this way. You know, uh, making Bitcoin legal tender is more the way that I, I'm like, yes, that's the way it should be. Now, creating your own central token that's that's controlled by the government and saying, hey, people uh, download our app and we get to make decisions if you get to have money in your account or not, is not something that I'm really uh, for. Yeah, yeah, I hope that the uh, El Salvadorian people decide to go with some other lightning wallet too to keep their money instead of Shiba wallet. I mean, does Shiba wallet is the de facto, right? Which means you know you're going to be able to, it'll be trustworthy, <laughs> at least for the most so, part. So, here, yeah, so here's the thing. 40% downloaded the wallet. Maybe they moved, their, moved it into a different wallet. And therefore, just because they don't trust a government crypto wallet, we don't know what the what the, maybe maybe they're smarter than than we than we. I'm sure they are. Think they are, right? Yep. Maybe immediately they took the crypto offices. You know, I don't want my want well, my crypto in uh, in the Chiba wallet. We don't know. So, yep. anyways, this is this is good, man. I I approve it. I'm I'm applauding. Congrats. Yeah, I'm grateful to see another country do this. It's obvious that per the El Salvador example, even though uh, Nayib Bukele was doing it more for his own personal benefit, he always recognized that that if you can get a, a coin that is more stable than the country currently, which is ironic at the same time, you're like, I can't see a real dictator truly being interested in Bitcoin other than the fact that he knows he controls the Chiva wallet, but um, he's interested in it because he sees the value come from breaking his country away from dependence on the United States dollar, which is really what I think his purpose was primarily. But well, um, <laughs> what, it, what it also did was it kind of gave it this nice shining highlight on the nation saying, hey, tourists, come to us. We're a beautiful nation that that is very modernized with our technology yeah. and very friendly. Come to us. And guess what? Boom. Yeah. The masses and, went out there. And it's like and, the same thing with, all their fiat. With, a, with just being the first to the table, right? They're the first ones there, so everyone thinks of them first. Of course, we talk about them all the time on this, on this you know, channel. So, of course, we're going to be praising El Salvador, even though we're not super fond of his president. Um, but the thing that, that weirds me out the most is the, you know, how the IMF just keeps criticizing, like, hey, how dare you start using a different coin? That's dangerous. You know, you should go back to using regular fiat because that's what we trust. And I keep feeling in my head, I keep feeling like putting both middle fingers up to the IMF saying, go fuck yourselves, dudes. This is the future, and if the IMF doesn't get on board with it, it's going to get left in the dust. Sorry. In the dust. So, moving on yep. to... I'm just going to read this uh, uh, title and, and read the next article. Optimism announces airdrop of OP token. What do you need to know? Well, you can read this for yourself. I just want to let you know, Optimism is announcing an airdrop. On to the next article. World's first ETP combined... Bitcoin Gold Exposures launches on 6, that's the name of the exchange, Swiss exchange, by China Kadika. <clears throat> the first exchange-traded product, ETP, that combines Bitcoin and gold exposure has been listed on Europe's third biggest stock exchange, 6. The newest product has been unveiled by Zug-based ETP issuer, 21 shares, in partnership with investment advisor ByteTree Asset Management, or BTAM. According to the official post, the physically backed index, known as 21 shares ByteTree Bold ETP, or the bold ticker, is designed to track an index comprising Bitcoin and gold, which, which rebalances monthly as per the uh, comparative volatility of the two assets. The fund will rebalance on the basis of a 360-day historical volatility. The asset will 
less be with less volatility will achieve higher weightage in a bid to maximize risk-weighted returns. Due to its higher volatility, gold has been assigned with a higher weighted or weighting of 81.5% at launch. Bitcoin, on the other hand, has an 18.5% share. Its objective is to deliver inflation protection by tracking an index that gives optimal risk-adjusted exposure to Bitcoin and gold. The announcement also read, quote, Gold and Bitcoin provide diversification to a balanced portfolio. Bold offers investors a convenient way to invest in gold and Bitcoin in a structure that prudently manages risk. Rebalancing transactions are carried out with a tax-efficient structure out within a tax-efficient structure. In quote, Charlie Irith, a chief investment officer of Tree Asset Management, said the idea is to make Bitcoin an acceptable asset to hold while bringing gold into the 21st century. It's funny, gold wasn't in the 21st century? <laughs> Both assets have attracted significant attention as hedging tools against inflation. Amid Amidst rising structural inflation and heightened geopolitical risk, especially with, with uh, Russia cutting off all the natural gas to Europe, <laughs> I know that's not in the article, but that's what's happening, Aerith believes the hybrid product has a, a potential to act as an important risk and return diversifier in a balanced portfolio. Following the development, Haney Rushwan, 21 Shares co-founder and CEO, commented, quote, this hybrid product combines the traditional value of gold with the promising return rates of Bitcoin, which is considered by many as the new gold, end quote. The new ETP is the 30th product by 21 shares. The popular crypto ETP issuer even ventured into the metaverse with 21 shares, the sandbox ETP sand, earlier this month. Earlier, it also, it re revealed that the ETP is designed to provide investors a secure way to capitalize on the growth of the Ethereum-based decentralized virtual world, the Sandbox. As reported before, 21Shares teamed up with the ETF Securities uh, to roll out the first two ETFs in Australia, tracking the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum. However, the launch has been delayed for now. So yay, new ETP, gold and Bitcoin. That's cool. Glad to see it. Mm. Mm. We get the Buenos Aires thing. Eh. Okay, let's see here. Let's just load this up here. What were we at? Buenos Aires, which is good air, considering allowing locals to pay taxes in crypto, written by Dimitar Zanzarov. The mayor of Buenos Aires, Horacio Rodriguez Lareta, indicated that the city will soon start digitizing its administration processes, while blockchain. Yeah, blockchain technology will play a key role. Additionally, the political leaders hinted that residents could be allowed to pay their taxes and crypto assets instead. The latest megalopolis that helped dive deep into the cryptocurrency universe is Argentina's capital, Buenos Aires. In a recent interview, its mayor, Horacio Rodriguez Lareta, presented a 12-step plan called Buenos Aires Plus, which will aim to transform the city into a digital hub. An important part of the agenda is the self-sovereign digital identity, which is one of the most innovative tools that are being given in the world so that citizens have their digital identification. Boom! Yes, I want I, I want to look more into this. This sounds amazing. Through an application, locals will be able to authenticate their identity, which will enable them to have access to all their information in one place, their phones. Yes. 
Vaccination certificates, test results, civil registry documents, and birth certificates are some of the examples of documents that should go digital by the end of 2022. Yes. I, I want this, man. Is this a bad thing? What do you think, Jake? Is this, am, am I too just, just giddy about this? I no, mean, I think it's brilliant. What? I, I too, I'm on board because one of the things that bugs me so much is uh, constantly being pestered by people like, hey, do you have your, your car's registration on you in your car? I'm like, yeah, I carry my phone every day. Isn't that good enough? What if you just had all that stuff in your phone? I mean, the, how do I put this exactly? I think by now, the majority of people who are at least somewhat aware of technology understand the importance of your phone. It's not just mm -hmm. a personal digital assistant. It is your lifeblood. It is the essence of who you are. It's just, I mean, it's the reason the government wants into it so badly is because it contains your entire life for the most part. And if to put everything up of your life, including, as they say, test results, birth certificates, civil registry documents, vaccination certificates, everything... How is that bad? I mean, I get it. Some people are going to say that just means that all the information that's important to you will be accessible to a thief if they get a hold of it. Yes, that's technically true. But the nice thing about the phone is unless they force you to open it, it's locked. Hopefully. Hopefully everyone has it locked uh, with a password that's not easily crackable. Please don't use one, two, three, well, four, five. Well, the scary part, the scary part is that this is going to be, yeah, exactly. Don't do that. Uh, the scary part is that this is going to be on the blockchain what? Well, as long as it's encrypted, I don't think I would I would care. Right. I mean, I know right, some people. On. Some people. Let me just make this point about that okay. factor. If the information is available, like our emails, most of our emails um, are technically out there in the open. Anyone could quote unquote read it. Now, if it's encrypted with a heavy enough encryption, like five twelve bit, uh, bit or something, then the likelihood of people cracking it is pretty slim. Yes, it's possible. But it could take an immensely long time, depending upon the security of that encryption. So, mm. even though it's out there and available to everyone, it's still encrypted. Now, my yeah. my crypto security advisor guy, I'm a member of my team, would say it's still stupid no matter what. And to me, it's just like, well, then maybe you're going to have to keep your your you know self-identifying documents in a different way. But some people, in my opinion, are going to go this direction. And yes, it's going to suck if that gets hacked, that, but... But that is going to be the new, um, I guess, the new layer of Web3, which is going to mm -hmm. be self-sovereign identity. Yep, yeah, yep. it's so not we're tied build, to we're the government. Web3, man. So the government doesn't have to worry about keeping their computers up. All they have to do is worry that it's tied to the blockchain and someone's still mining it. The mayor noted that the successful outcome of the initiative requires enhanced security. For that purpose, the authorities intend to embrace blockchain technology. Quote, all this flow of information, which is going to increase exponentially, is going to be protected by blockchain technology. We have the clear conviction that citizens have to own their information, their documents, because we trust their ability and they have the responsibility to do so. End quote. Apart from opening its arms to blockchain technology, residents of Argentina's capital might be enabled, might, might be enabled to pay their taxes in cryptocurrency. Another quote. And we are going to work to facilitate the payments of taxes, the ninth measure of this plan. Together with the leading companies, we are working so that those who wish can pay their taxes in cryptocurrencies, Rodriguez Lareta said. Despite the possible interactions with digital asset sector, Buenos Aires does not plan to invest some of the city's treasury in cryptocurrency. Hmm, that's that's odd. Um, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe not now, maybe? Well, I don't know, we'll see. 
Uh, Brazil's financial hub, Rio de, Rio de Janeiro, uh, has also taken steps to embrace the world of crypto. Earlier this year, the city's authorities said they will accept digital asset payments for taxes starting from 2023. Prior to that, Rio de Janeiro Mayor's Eduardo Baez vowed to allocate 1% of the city's treasury to Bitcoin. The leader is a keen supporter of Miami's mayor, Francis Suarez. Similar to him, Baez is willing to transform Rio de Janeiro into the crypto capital of Brazil and the tech center of South America. Well, I mean, this this is pretty cool, man. I mean, this is, sounds like good news to me. I just, what's the bad in this? Come on, there's always, there's always something going on behind the curtain. I don't know what it is. This article doesn't really point it out. But just from, from front value, this sounds pretty cool. I'll take it. Yeah, I am excited about what they're doing. Here. They're setting a precedent. They're, they're saying, we're going to start doing this. We, we've already done the research. We think it's a good idea, and we're going to push forward with it. I'm grateful to see that happening because, you know, we need, well, I just put it. El Salvador took the first initiative, and now other people are going, hey, we can do this too. Just different ways of doing it. So, The, 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 the biggest thing right now is self-sovereign identity. Right now, that does not exist in current internet. You know, yep. these private companies. If you're using the internet, if you're using any kind of website service, they own all your all your data. They own yeah. they own it all. Yep. You don't own anything. Nope. You know, they well, I mean, unless you keep it on paper. That. But yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's but good if to we can have software identity, that yeah, if they if this could only be verified by you and you only, and you you have the ability to only reveal certain amount of data you know that's cool i like that yeah. yep. we're awesome. moving to the third web version so we get away from centralized to decentralized to your ownership so Love that's it. good i'm glad all right so chinese here the chinese this is china kadeka uh chinese marketplace bigverse <laughs> found guilty of minting nfts from stolen artwork oh mm. man. learn learn uh a court in china's eastern city of hangzhou held NFTCN's parent company, Bigverse, accountable for allowing a user to mint NFTs from stolen artwork. In a landmark judgment, the court accused the Chinese digital art trading platform of failing to ensure whether the user minting the NFTs was, in fact, the rightful owner of the artwork. We've definitely already seen this happen here in the U.S. According yeah. to the report by South China Morning Post, the court ruled... Hold on, hold on. Let me ahead. just cut you off right sure, there. Sure, please. I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. This actually already happened to me. My book. My book is minted on the Ravencoin blockchain. I've already had my book stolen and reminted by some other troll out there. So, mm -hmm. yes. Yes. So, it's definitely a problem. All right, go ahead. Um, now, obviously, I, get, I don't know how to put it. If, if you already have it on the blockchain in one place, I guess technically a person could put it somewhere else. But if you have a unique identifier for that, and they do put it back on the chain somewhere in some other place, you can say, mm -hmm. well, by timing, I did it first. It's mine. Right, it's kind of like um, mm -hmm. uh, a patent, right? Whoever gets there first so, is the winner. So, uh, so, at, uh, so, what do you do with the other blockchain? Say, for example, the same artist minted. Like I said, it's still by time. Artist. It's still by time. If you were the first to release it, and it's and it and you can authenticate that you own it, and in, in the sense of not just being the first person, but saying, "Hey, it's got my name on it. I wrote this." Um, and then somebody takes it and mints it somewhere else. It's like, yeah, but at that point. I think the, the law, even though the law doesn't technically cover, you know, blockchain yet, the law would still say, as an asset or a thing minted or printed, if you had the first copyright 
having minted it first, regardless of where you minted it, uh, it's still yours because you're the first to do it. Now, of course, if you were the first to yeah. do it and it wasn't yours, that would have to be determined. But mm. if you're the first to do it and it was yours, in fact, like even if you had never minted it anywhere on any blockchain, it's still a question of where the first minting or first authenticated version of it existed. And if that happened to be in print or in a digital copy or something like that, was authenticated by some federal, you know, it's, entity, it's very complicated. It's, it belongs it's, to you, regardless of where somebody else tries printing it. So the problem you have, and I hate to say it this way, is you kind of have to sue that person in order to get it back. Um, they don't own it. Yeah. Even if it's minted on a different blockchain, they still don't own it because it's not theirs to own. How do you... How do you sue? How do you sue a a uh, a crypto address? Well, you know where all the money went, right? I mean, but, but let's put it this way: uh, Let's say the person mints your book on Ethereum, right? And mm. a bunch of people pay that person to their known address for that that coin, regardless mm. of where the coin goes. If you find out who owns that address. If you do. Which most likely you will not. Is what Maybe I'm not. To get but because all you, yeah. What if you can find out who owns that initial address, regardless of whether or not the money is still there, like if they took it and moved it somewhere else, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, you have proof of what they did. You have proof that they stole your product, that they minted it on a different blockchain, and they were paid for it. And mm -hmm. since you have that, it's public information. I'm not saying it's going to be right. easy to necessarily find out who they are, but if you can, That's... you can then prosecute. I mean, that's so part that's, of it. That's, that's, that would be true even if it was just a, you know, physical print book with some other company you didn't mm -hmm. know about. Like I said, they printed it with Penguin Books, right? And you weren't a Penguin Book uh, author. You know, you could, and you didn't know about it until somebody brought it to your attention. Now, with Penguin Books, you can easily talk to who they are and you could, you know, file the documentation to help figure out who it is. But you could even go through uh, Chainalysis. Chainalysis could probably help you figure out who created it, right? Because they monitor the blockchain. Mm hmm so but there I are think ways I, of finding I, I spoken, it. Yeah, I think I spoke to you about this before with Chainalysis. They don't do uh, individual stuff. They do big corporate right, right. Uh, investigations. But I'm saying so there needs you to be still have to investigate to find out. And then you have yeah. to get a court order in order to get that prosecuted. The fact of the matter is, just because it's on the blockchain doesn't mean that that person has a legal right to do it. This is the yeah. thing I was arguing with you and Mike about years ago when you're talking about putting minting uh, assets that uh, you make copies of movies that you didn't produce and putting them on a blockchain. Yeah, it's physically possible to do. And maybe no one knows who it was that did it, but it's still illegal. So that's what my yeah. primary thing is. It's like, you can do whatever you want. Just know you might get prosecuted for doing something that's illegal in that current country. So, anywho. Um, where was I at here? <laughs> According to the, court, the, court. the report by uh, South China Morning Post, the court ruled that the NFT CN was at fault for allowing the infringement of the owner's right to disseminate works through the information networks. That's what I was just saying. The uh, lawsuit against Bigverse was filed with Shenzhen-based company uh, Q-Ice. Q Q-Ice? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm sure there's a different pronunciation. I'm just not getting it. The uh, plaintiff slated, stated pardon me, that the user at the NFTCN marketplace listed a non-fungible token with an artwork featuring a cartoon tiger receiving a vaccine shot created by artist Malay Kinali. The cartoon picture was sold by an anonymous user for $137, a report said. To compensate for the loss, Bigverse was ordered to pay 
uh, QIs a fine of $611 and stop the NFT from being circulated by sending it to an Eater address, uh, which is essentially a crypto wallet with no private key. That is to, to make it disappear permanently. Uh, the court argued that Bigverse is responsible for overseeing users' actions that violate other clients' rights since it directly profits from such transactions. It further suggested that the NFT marketplace should set up a copyright vetting mechanism to look into the artworks uploaded by users on its platform. Kind of like what YouTube does, right? The latest development comes less than a month after the popular Chinese messaging app WeChat announced suspending a few accounts linked to NFTs to prevent speculation on digital assets in, in the digital assets. Despite China's regulations, distaste for cryptocurrency trading and mining operations, the NFT digital art market has been bustling. So far, the country has permitted NFTs but banned individuals from speculating and trading them. Tech goliaths such as Alibaba, Tencent, and JD have come up with their own initiatives to allow users to purchase and collect NFTs. However, they are barred from trading or reselling their purchases. <laughs> Such a weird, weird country, in my opinion. As reported earlier, China's state-backed blockchain infrastructure, Blockchain Services Network, sounds pretty generic, BSN, announced plans to launch NFTs. In a bid to accelerate such adoption, BSN teamed up with NEO to create a permissionless chain, or Zhiquan. So, the, the, the Chinese government is very jealous of their citizens, and every single time the citizen does something amazing, they basically steal it and ban what they were doing. <laughs> Which is not uncommon. This has been going on for years in China. It's not new. Uh, but uh, it's sad, because it's like, oh, you're doing something profitable? Yeah, we're going to take that and do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what Amazon does to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, except it's the government doing it, not uh, private industry. So I, there's an article from Texas. Another, well, we already did that one. We can skip that because we already read it. Uh, how about European crypto users prefer decentralized services? Sure. Let's see. This one's written by Felix Molin. European crypto users uh, prefer decentralized services. Bank of Spain. This one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. On April 26th, Bank of Spain published a report elaborating on how Spaniards and Europeans have been using cryptocurrencies during the last year. The report explains that Europeans prefer decentralized services and unbanked crypto assets such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, and Ethereum. In addition, the Central Bank of Spain noted that the volume of cryptocurrencies transactions in the European region increased at an accelerated rate over the last year, reaching almost 845 billion euros, surpassing that of the United States. Quote, over the past year, the volume of transactions in Europe was nearly 845 billion euros in crypto assets, 4.9% uh, of G GDP, 0.9% of total financial assets, representing 25% of the global total ahead of North America. Wow. According to the report, Europeans have a greater interest in using unbanked, oh, not unbanked, unbacked cryptocurrencies with transactions in BTC and ETH accounting for approximately 60% of all transactions made over the last year. Backed uh, cryptocurrencies accounted for 25% with overall interest in altcoins other than ETH reaching about 15%. And here's a nice little beautiful chart. All that data. On the other hand, the ECB reported that 64% of Spaniards prefer to use decentralized services, which do not need an intermediary to carry out their transactions. In comparison, in the rest of uh, rest of Europe, the average use the average use of these services is 53%. And here's another little beautiful chart. Uh, this 
This means that despite the boom that centralized exchanges like Binance or Bit2Me are having in Europe, the legal background encourages citizens to seek alternatives to transact and trade. Uniswap, PancakeSwap, SushiSwap, and other similar services fill that gap. It seems like criminals are not really into cryptocurrencies. The report <laughs> says that only 1% of the total cryptocurrencies transactions between July 2020 and June 2021 involved illegal activities such as theft, scams, and frauds, among others. Go ahead. Say again? No, I thought you had something. I, I just I was laughing because like, haha, criminals uh, don't use crypto, as I've been saying all this time. Mm. Uh, according to the report, France ranks first in Europe regarding transaction volumes with Germany, the Netherlands, and Spain positioned in second, third, or fourth place. These results are to be expected. A different report by the online investment news and education platforms Invez. France is the best nation to trade Bitcoin. In addition to this, the re-elected president of France, Emmanuel Macron, is one of the few pro-Bitcoin presidents in Europe. During an interview for local media, he talked about creating a European metaverse where cryptocurrencies are regulated without affecting or slowing down their development. Quote, Building a European metaverse also means producing, promoting, and mastering our cultural and creative content. The metaverse has enormous potential in cultural and entertainment thanks to its applications in music, concerts, art exhibitions, etc. We cannot consider our cultural policy without this revolution. End quote. And so France could become a leader in the European cryptocurrency should Macron fulfill the promise of setting up a legal framework that boosts the cryptocurrency industry and promotes innovation in the Web3 area. I know I had a thought about yeah. this while you were reading it, and I wanted to try to express it, but I can't remember what it is now. Um, I think it's it's not super fascinating, but pretty, pretty... I, I hate to put it this way, but uh, since this more modern revolution in the last 30 years, I've definitely seen uh, European countries adopt things that you would think the United States would be more into, but for whatever reason, we're struggling with our own problems right now, and those issues are very mm, antagonistic toward almost anything. It comes to it, the United States is becoming very split on almost everything because of the past administration mm. and how things were going. I'm not blaming the guy who served in the presidential role alone, but um, the country seemed to be heading that way already in to splitting things along party lines. Um, and it's, in my opinion, it's disruptive of other things like these important movements into crypto. And I don't feel like the European Union has quite as much trouble with that right now. Uh, they're already their own countries and they're doing their own thing. So it's great, great to see them making progress and leading the way on this. So, all right. Uh, Centralized social media project Blue Sky says it's independent of Twitter. By Antonio, and is this a, is this an Amazon project? I don't think Blue so. Sky. I don't. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm not. I think uh, I've read about this before, but I don't remember what it. Yeah. From. It yeah something to do with something to do with Jack Dorsey. Um, oh, Twitter. Okay. 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 Uh, Blue Sky, a project funded by Twitter. I guess that was prior to Elon owning it to build a decentralized standard for social media has stated that the company is not controlled by the company following Elon Musk's purchase. Okay, so it has always been separate. It was just created by Twitter. 
In a tweet thread on April 25th, Blue Sky stated that although it was funded by Twitter, the social media platform does not hold any controlling state stake in the platform. Uh, Blue Sky also clarified that Twitter's funding came with one condition, that the project carried out research and development technologies that enabled open and decentralized public conversation. Former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey first announced the creation of Blue Sky back in December 2019, indicating that the plan was to develop an open and decentralized standard for social media. That's good to see. Later in 2021, August, Jay Grabber, Grabber, yes, Jay Grabber, or actually it's Graber, pardon me. Jay Graber, a former developer for the privacy coin Zcash, was appointed to lead the Blue Sky Initiative in February of 2022, the project became a Public Benefit Limited Liability Company, or PBLLC. Peanut Butter LLC? <laughs> Sorry. At the end of March 2022, Graber announced the project's first team members, who had Aaron Goldman as a security engineer and Daniel Holmgren and Paul Frazee as protocol engineers. Blue Sky which has Dorsey as a member of its board, revealed that the initiative has received funding worth $13 million to be used for research and development. An excerpt from the thread said, quote, the public benefit part of our structure gives us the freedom to put our resources toward our mission without an obligation to return money to shareholders, end quote. Blue Sky's Clarification means that the project is not affected by the recent purchase of Twitter, as reported by Crypto Potato. The social media giant accepted a buyout deal from by billionaire and CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, Elon Musk, worth $44 billion. Musk earlier bought a 9.2% passive stake in the social media platform, making him the largest shareholder in the company. Following the purchase of the shares, the billionaire was appointed to Twitter's board and directors he later decided not to join. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO has been critical of Twitter's practices, stating that the social media behemoth was not transparent and failed to adhere to free speech principles. Having secured 100% control of, of Twitter, Musk is aiming to improve the platform by, quote, enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans, end quote. Doge unrelated to this apparently, which happens to be the billionaire's favorite crypto, has also soared in value amid the Twitter sale news. The price of the meme coin rose 26% on the news that Twitter buyout deal was finalized. So. Side note, um, after this happened, apparently the uh, the alt app, which is uh, Truth Social, that was, uh, I guess, created by former President Donald Trump, has skyrocketed to first place in the app market uh, because apparently a lot of people are abandoning Twitter because of this buyout deal. A lot of people are upset about this and decided to move over to uh, Trump's app. Yes, the True Social app, which is yeah, I'm not that not 100% surprising. Well, we see that I, I do remember them saying something about inviting Trump back to Twitter now that Elon Musk owns it, but I think Trump turned it down because he's like, well, I mean, it, honestly, it makes sense. He he's like, not right now, but at the same time, I have a feeling it's kind of like. If he wants to post something publicly, he can do it on his own app that he's now made. So, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. There's actually a lot of good news out here for you listeners and viewers out there on CryptoPotato.com. 
I am going just to recommend you going and uh, check out all the news articles there on, on the daily because they do a pretty good job now. Um, I know at the beginning they're a bit choppy, but they're doing a lot better. Have you noticed that, Jake? Yeah, no, the, the articles, yeah. uh, not all the time. The one thing that still bugs me is when they repeat themselves multiple times in the same article, but I think it just has to do with, yeah. with um, I don't even know. I don't, I shouldn't speculate on it. I don't really know the reasoning. All right. Well, there's another news article I do want to read, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to just scroll down through it and hopefully you can just find it along while I read. Uh, so right now I'm just going to read a bunch of titles so I get to the one I want, I'm looking for. The next one is Robinhood shares falls as company fires 9% of uh, full-time employees. Next one is U.S. prosecutors charged two Europeans in connections with North, North Korea crypto conference. And once again, uh, cryptonauts out there listening and watching, this is all on Crypto Potato. You guys can read all that stuff. Next one is Bybit launches crypto options trading. Next is Flare Network receives grant to connect Bitcoin with Algorand. Next, Bitcoin is not an inflation hedge, says Bank of Canada official. Next, ZeroX Labs raises $70 million from Greylock Partners, Coinbase, OpenSea. Next, Cardano's IOHK shares updates with new cross-chain bridge launched. Next, SushiSwap 2.0 reveals restructuring plans after months of in, uh, internal crisis. Next, Bitcoin, less volatile than Tesla and Apple for the past two years, claims Binance CEO. Next, Cardano struggles below $1. Here's what's next. And that's price analysis. And this is the one I'm looking for, the Meta to launch retail stores for the Metaverse. This was written by Shainika Deka on April 26. As it eyes to transform itself into the Metaverse leader, Facebook owner Meta, Meta Platforms is all set to launch its first physical store. The company's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, revealed that the brick-and-mortar store, uh, brick-and-mortar, Metastore will open on May 9th as the company's Burlingame campus in California. Ooh, I didn't know that they're doing an actual, an actual Metastore. Meta Here, customers can explore and purchase virtual reality headset and other gadgets in a 1,550 square foot retail place. According to Zuckerberg's Facebook post, the store will also showcase demos for its Q, uh, excuse me, for its Quest 2 VR headset, a virtual reality headset developed by Reality Labs. A video calling device portal, in addition to smart glasses, it produced with Ray-Ban. Except for those, shoppers can try out the devices to experiment with AR, VR, and purchase them in stores or later online at Meta's or Ray-Ban's website. The tech billionaire said, quote, Meta's first store is opening in Burlingame, California on May 9th. You can experience Quest 2 and Project, and project what you're experiencing onto Project maybe projecting uh what you're experiencing onto a big wall for your friends it's great it's a great way to see how our products connect people today and get a sense for what's coming as we build towards the metaverse end quote meta is trying to initiate uh, meta is trying new initiatives to meet the headwinds of an evolving digital landscape the company had lost 10 billion dollars on a real on its reality labs segment managing the metaverse initiatives despite this zuckerberg intends to focus on the same and expects its ambitious metaverse project would take at least a decade or more to be fully developed uh, martin gillard head of metastore commented quote the metastore is going to help people make the connection to how our products can be the gateway to the metaverse in the future we're not selling the metaverse in our stores but hopefully people will come in and and walk out knowing a little bit more about how our products will help connect them to it meta plans to help cr help creators by allowing them to sell virtual items in its metaverse the company revealed earlier earlier testing new tools for the creators 
uh, on the virtual reality platform Horizon Worlds by allowing a handful of them to sell virtual assets within the world they build. This could also include non-fungible tokens, NFTs, but a sizable cut of up to 47.5% of the sales of digital assets. Of what? Did I read that right? But a sizable cut of up to 47.5% of the sales of the digital assets. Along, along this, right? with a digital... You, you weren't aware of that fact? We're talking about that. Facebook here. 47%? Yeah, it's more than the 30% that Apple takes from all apps. Jeez Louise. Yeah, it's not That's a good insane. deal. It's not a good deal. No. So a lot of people are Why would this. you do that? Screw it. Yeah. Don't do it. I completely Go agree. To, there's a lot of different metaverses out there. Don't just think that just because Facebook is the biggest place that, you know, there's other places out there. You can do it for free. Just pay transaction fees. Yep. Along with an additional 17.5% fee charged by Horizon and very well deter the adoption of the metaverse projects uh, shepherded by the world's biggest social media company. Yeah, that's going to hurt them a lot. That's mm -hmm. going to hurt them. Screw it. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm done. I have one more thing I'd like to make a comment on. Here is this. That was a couple days ago now. Oh, maybe you've already heard of it, but uh, beware. The Board Ape Yacht Club Instagram got hacked by Andrew Thorvalos. Board Ape Yacht Club confirmed over Twitter on Monday, which was you know, two days ago, that its Instagram account was hacked. A scam link posted by the hacker appears to have resulted in multiple valuable NFTs being stolen from victims. The link, which has been since taken down, led to a page claiming to be a sponsored, uh, be sponsored by Yuga Labs, it's the company that makes this, it called a, on users to connect their MetaMask wallet in order to be airdropped land, L-A-N-D, a upcoming governance and utility token. However, multiple users, holders, are now claiming to have had their apes stolen from the related scam. The scammer's address has already amassed an estimated $2.7 million worth of NFTs, 91 in total of the time of writing. The, the, this includes four BAYC, seven MYAC, or mutant, three BAKC and one clone X and more. Uh, there is no mint going on today, tweeted BAYC this, this morning. It looks like uh, Board Ape Yacht Club Instagram was hacked. <clears throat> Do not mint anything. Click any links or link your wallet to anything, please. Multiple BAYC accounts have confirmed that there, have, there will be an actual airdrop for BAYC land but that the mint doesn't occur until April 30th. OpenSea, the largest NFT marketplace, has taken down its link to the scammer's address. BAYC's Instagram hack comes shortly after the group's official Discord was hacked as well. That sucks. Blockchain security from PeckShield reported that the hack resulted in one mutant ape worth over $68,000 being stolen. Earlier this month, another unfortunate holder was fooled into selling his board ape yacht Board Ape, rather, worth over half a million dollars in a fraudulent NFT swap. That really sucked. I remember that was $550,000 gone. One scammer conducted a similar hack on Terra users last week using a fake Google link to fish for their private keys. He reeled in $4 million in crypto in 10 days from his victims. Yep, a fool and his money are soon parted. Sorry to say. Yep. Even yep. if it is Board there's, and this is the thing. It's funny because I talked to a person recently. And just one last word on this uh, thing that's going on here is <laughs> that um, 
uh, I had a friend who was trying to get in into um, insurance on crypto, and although he did try an awful lot for about a year, he never managed to get the money together to actually start the project. And I still say that insurance on crypto is a good idea. Now, it's going to be very expensive because it's pretty much going to have to, you know, back up everything that you're doing. Um, but uh, I think it is something that we will see soon um, because of these loss. I mean, this yeah. moment, crypto is very expensive. Someone's going to have to have a whole lot of cash in order What's to back a, what, this up. You, you know, you know ex exactly, exactly. I was about to just, just my, my two satoshis on this is that, there is a slight downfall on that because a lot of these um, insured uh, crypto projects are actually backed by angel investors, which yep. means that um, they're, they're pretty much centralized and kind of giving the these investors the best portion, well, the, the best chunk of the pie. Remember um, a while back when Celsius actually offered insurance. Remember that? Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's, in, it's impossible to do. You just have to store some cash aside from all the transactions, and that becomes the insurance policy. Now, does that mean it perfectly guarantees all the insurance? No. The way insurance works is by putting money aside or taking it from a, on a regular basis for people in order to pay out those claims when they actually happen. So, If, if, I, don't rec if I recall correctly, I think it's four to one. So yeah. if you're putting – if you want $1,000 of insurance, you got you got to front 4000 Exactly. So it can be pretty pricey. But it pretty much guarantees that if you lose something because of some dumbass act that you did, not knowing, your money's safe. Yeah. So, anyways, that's all we got for today. Thank you all, all right. for listening this far. We're about an hour and 25 in. It's probably one of the longer, longer episodes we've done. <laughs> um, oh, well, yeah. It's, it's a good new, way to wrap uh, up the, the, the 300th, uh, I guess, the 99th episode yeah. and rolling over to the 400ths now. Yep. Awesome. That'll be on Sunday. So, um I'm going to do the outro here and say that if, if you, uh, as John has said it many, many, many times, you should always stack sats and hodl. Adios. <laughs>